Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the gridiron universe of the silver and black. You're tuned into Just Pod, baby. Your go-to destination for all things Raiders. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. This podcast is proudly brought to you by SportsNot.com, the unfiltered sports juggernaut. Whether you're a diehard Raiders fan or just looking to stay in the know about this iconic franchise, you're in the right place. We are the Raiders. We represent the Raider Nation. Now, here's your host, Evan Grote. Hello again, Raider Nation. Welcome back to Just Pod, baby. The first episode of the 2024 offseason. That's right. The 2023 regular season is now in the books. Not the season you were hoping for. And once again, the Raiders missed the playoffs and the Raiders enter another offseason with plenty of question marks. Now, the good news is that things ended on a very positive note, finishing the season in Week 18 with a win against the Broncos. Brought their record to 8-9, and nine, still a losing season. Uh, but there is plenty of optimism and, and momentum right now surrounding the team going into what are going to be some very, very important weeks here. Just Pod Baby is brought to you by SportsNot.com. Please follow SportsNot on X at SportsNot. Follow our YouTube channel as well. Follow me on X at Euro 5 I've been very active with some of you out there uh, the past couple of days. We've been having a little fun out there, right, <laughs> Twitter? Uh, all Always in good fun, though, right? Respect. I always respect your opinions. I know that some of the things I'm saying aren't uh, the popular belief, um, but I stand by it. I'm a straight shooter, and, and I like to call it how I see it. Uh, so please follow me there if you want to get involved with some of that conversation and then make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well. Okay. Click that follow button. Uh, that's a lot of follows right there that I've asked you (laughs) to do, but I do appreciate it. Now this week on the show, uh, I will recap the season, give you some of my final thoughts on 2023, and then we will go full speed ahead into the off season. I want to take a look at the roster and run down some of the free agents, let you know what I think if, if they'll be back or not. Of course, we will revisit the latest on the search for a general manager and head coach, which is priority number one right now for uh, Mark Davis. And in the final segment of the show, I recorded an interview this week for SportsNot, one of our video interviews, which is available right now on the website under the videos tab, as well as on the YouTube channel. I chatted with Vinny Bonsignor, uh, who you know from the Las Vegas Review Journal, and I'm going to play that audio for you guys tonight on the show, uh, for those of you who did uh, have not yet heard it or seen it, because it is video offered as well. Uh, some really good insight from Vinny on the coaching search, as well as what the plan might be for quarterback next year. I think you guys will really enjoy that video and, and that conversation. So if you haven't heard it yet, uh, you can check it out here in the second half of the podcast or by heading over to sportsnot.com or over at the Sportsnot YouTube channel. Now, if you've been listening to the show for some time now, you know that I love covering the offseason. And to be honest, I think for me, covering the offseason is more enjoyable than the actual season, especially, you know, recently with, with the Raiders having some some down years. Uh, it can be challenging to cover this team when they're losing games and whatnot. But the offseason, it's a fresh start. It's a new look. And uh, I enjoy covering it. I really do. And, and 
you know, this offseason is, is a big one, as I keep saying. I'm very much looking forward to covering it and detailing the new head coach and the general manager hire and the draft, the process leading up to the draft. So that being said, let's get this show kicked off this week with my 2023 recap. I know many people out there, you're obviously disappointed with with missing the playoffs once again. That should always be the standard for any professional organization. And I'm sure that you are looking forward to the days where the Raiders can finally build a consistent winner year after year. That's what you're striving for. But this season was very much a tale of, of two seasons, really. You had season number one under... Josh McDaniels, which became an epic failure, much like it was in his first year. You know, I tried to remain optimistic heading into the season. I thought that despite what we saw in the previous year, McDaniels deserved a second you know, year to see what he could do. But it quickly became a dumpster fire, as we all saw play out. Offensively, I thought moving on from Derek Carr was the right move. I was never supportive of Jimmy Garoppolo. I am on record saying, though, I will I will admit this, I was on record as saying I thought the offense would be more efficient with Garoppolo because he would be more familiar with the system. I thought they could improve in certain areas, the red zone being one of them, and that just was not the case. The offense was bad. Uh, under McDaniels, Garoppolo was was worse than I thought he would be. And so I, I do have to own that one. I was wrong. The offense was not nearly as efficient <clears throat> as it was uh, the previous year. But after eight games, you know, the debacle in Chicago was kind of the, the boiling point. Mark Davis, he had seen enough of Josh McDaniels. He then turns to... Antonio Pierce, who who righted the ship for this football team, and that's where season number two begins for the Raiders. And and again, it cannot be understated the work that he did. I'm talking about Pierce to galvanize the locker room. Uh, it was tremendous. You know what he was able to do to change the mindset, the enthusiasm, the attitudes of these players. It was it was great work. Now the defense played much. Um, with much more confidence and with a chip on their shoulder in the final nine weeks of the game. I thought they were playing better to start the season. Okay, even even with McDaniels around, the defense was, you know, showing some signs that they were going to be better this year. You could obviously see they were the, the better of the two units. That was obvious. But I do believe Champ Kelly and, and Pierce deserve credit uh, for the improvement, some of the credit for the improvement on defense. Of course, Patrick Graham deserves a lot of it as well. But, you know, bringing in a guy like Jack Jones, who played very well for the most part in his short stint, he definitely brought an edge to the defense, uh, some playmaking ability to the secondary that was not there. You know, the win against Kansas City, that was very noteworthy for Pierce and for the Raiders, despite the Raiders' offense not completing a pass in the second, third, or fourth quarters of the game. Very much had to lean on the defense who had two defensive touchdowns in that game. So things were, there's, there were certainly some positives there in the second half of the season. Unfortunately, though, things kind of came to a screeching halt after that big win at, at Kansas City. They had a chance to keep the season alive, the playoff hopes alive, going on the road to Indianapolis and 
you know, the, the season was on the line and the, and the team came out flat. They, they really came out flat. They did not rise to the occasion. They did not seize the moment. Uh, but I will say there is a silver lining uh, to the season because that that became the end of the season there. Obviously, they were eliminated from the playoffs at that point. The silver lining to all of this, though, is that after a 3-5 and five start, with all of the dysfunction that was going on in the organization with the coaching staff in the locker room, the division... Who would have thought that an 8-9 and nine season was possible? N- not many, I would imagine. I don't think many people thought it was possible. But they rallied. They really did. They ended on a 5-4 and four, uh, record. And so that, that was a good thing. And, and there seems to be excitement and momentum going into the offseason. A lot of that has to do with Antonio Pierce. You know that I would say, I mean, I did a poll last week. I asked the question, who would you rather the next head coach be, Antonio Pierce or, or Jim Harbaugh? And Pierce won that poll. I, I believe I had around 800 people participate, and it was like 55% said Antonio Pierce. So the fan base is excited, and that's a credit to Pierce. So we'll see. We'll see what happens here in the next couple of weeks with the, the head coach. But overall, despite the negative start to the season, I think you have to look at the overall big picture, a little bit more of a success because, I, and I don't know where you felt the, where the Raiders would be as, as, as far as a win-loss record. I believe I had them at around seven or eight, if I remember correctly. So they were right around that number. I was I was pretty darn close. The defense was as good as we have seen in a long time. 15th in total yards allowed, ninth in points. The sack numbers uh, increased from 27 to 46 from 2022 to 2023. That's excellent. You love to see that. You hope that they can keep that going next year. Offensively, though, it was a mess. With all the talent and all the money that's allocated to that side of the football, you got to produce a lot more than you did. It was a major disappointment. Even with O'Connell, fourth-round draft pick, I understand all of that. Even with Bo Hardegree, I understand all that. It was tough to watch this offense sometimes. Think back to the Kansas City game that I mentioned Think back to the game against Minnesota. I mean, that that was brutal. Those offensive performances were absolutely brutal. But anyways, eight and nine, not a good enough, um, not good enough this year. And now it's time to move on. And I I, I want to do that by starting to take a look at some of the soon to be free agents. Twenty one. Soon to be free agents, 16 of those people are unrestricted free agents, which means they can negotiate with um, any team they want. Now, the big one that everyone will be monitoring is, of course, Josh Jacobs. Played on the one-year deal last year. He held out of uh, all the off-season activities, training camp. He was franchise tag. He refused to sign the tag, and then they gave him the one-year deal for $12 million. Will he be back in silver and black? I say no. I, I just don't see it at this point. I was against a big multi-year contract last offseason following the career year, and that's exactly what it was for Jacobs. He had that career year, and uh, in my opinion, that is the ceiling for Josh Jacobs. And and I don't think, I don't think he'll touch those numbers again. Not to say that he can't still be a very productive back in the NFL. He he definitely can be. But at the cost, I, I never thought it made sense, and I and I still don't believe that to be the case. 
Um, you know, especially another season later, uh, you know, ended the season missing the final four games with the quad injury. And then the other thing, the other obvious thing working against Josh Jacobs right now is Zamir White and what we saw from him in replacement of Jacobs. Uh, we now know a little bit more about what Zamir White is capable of, 397 yards in the four games that he filled in for Jacobs, 4.7 yards per carry. He was very impressive. He was much better than I imagined he could be, to be perfectly honest. I mean, based on what we had seen in preseason, uh, you know, he definitely looks like someone that can could be a big-time contributor to a backfield. And, um, you know, if you've been following the NFL for a long time, then you know and you understand that this is the nature of the business and, and, and the position. Teams are looking to get cheaper at running back, and, and and that is the opportunity right now that the Raiders have with Zamir White. Now, is he a legitimate workhorse RB1 like Josh Jacobs? I don't know. I'm not ready to say that. I mean, he looked good in the four games that we saw. It's a very small sample size. I'd like, I'd like to see a little bit more. Um, I, I think he showed enough uh, that he can be effective as not only a runner, but also as a pass catcher as well. Um so I do think it's possible that that's Josh Jacobs could be playing for a different team next year. Now, some of the other notable free agents that are on the offensive uh, line, you got center Andre James, Jermaine Illuminor, and Greg uh, Van, Van Roten. So three starters, I might add. All three of those guys started. It's very possible that they could all have played their last game in Vegas as well. So there's going to be a lot of work that needs to be done, I think, to the offensive line. It's very hard to say at this point, uh, you know, but if there is a change with the head coach, it's very likely um, that that could be the case. And I'm sure you saw the news today as well on Thursday that Carmen Brasilio, the offensive line coach, has accepted a job making a lateral move to be the offensive coach now for the New York Giants. So there's definitely going to be a new offensive line coach in the mix for the Raiders. Whom that will be, we don't know, but I'm sure they're going to have their certain style of, of offensive linemen that they're looking for. So, going to be some changes along the offensive line. On the defense, you have three starters as well Bilal Nichols, John Jenkins, Amik Robertson, and I'm also going to throw in Adam Butler because he came became much more of a contributor as well. Again, I could see a number of these guys not being back. I think Amik Robertson has a chance. Uh, although, you know, he may want to see what he can get on the open market. He might want to test free agency. Uh, so those are some of the starters on the defense. But then you also have, and I'm talking about the entire roster here, not just offense or defense, it, you know, some other notable free agents that you have that you got to take a look at here. Maybe some, you know, some core special teams guys. You've got a, Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bolden. So the the, the running back room is going to look completely different next year for the Raiders. DeAndre Carter, Austin Hooper. So there's a lot of guys here um, that could be gone from this team. And, and you know, this roster is, is going to look much different next year, regardless of who the coach is. And that is one of the things that I've been continuing to stress to people on the X who are out there kind of fear-mongering, right, that that Jim Harbaugh, if he's the next coach, he's going to come in here and he's going to completely tear down this roster. He's going to flip the roster. And, and, you know, guys, there's going to be change either way. 
you know, you've heard by now, I mentioned Carmen Brasidio. He, inter- he he took a job for the Giants. He's gone. You heard Patrick Graham. He interviewed for a head coaching job with the Chargers. It's very possible that there's turnover on the coaching staff as well as the roster. Every year, every team has major turnover on the roster. That's just how this, this business works. But the core guys, the core players like Crosby and Miller and Adams and Spillane and hopefully a guy like Malcolm Kuntz can become a core player after the great breakout season he had. Divine Diablo. Those guys I'm expecting to remain in place. Those are your core guys, your key players. The core will remain in place. So I just kind of wanted to put that out there as well to kind of uh, kind of calm people down when they're out there telling people that Harbaugh would come in here and completely change things up. I think there's going to be plenty of change if Antonio Pierce is the head coach. I would expect there to be turnover if Pierce is the coach as well because he's going to want to get maybe some of the players that he prefers into the building. Remember, the current roster was a roster that was built by Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, and you all know this. So anyhow, uh, that's kind of my little free agency talk there, roster breakdown. We had a really good start to the show. I'm going to get to a break right now, and when I return, we're going to listen to the Sports Not interview that I did with Vinny Bonsignor of the Las Vegas Review Journal. You're not going to want to miss this conversation. Some really good insight from Vinny. I asked him about the general manager job. I asked him about the head coach job, Jim Harbaugh, Antonio Pierce, what he thought about the quarterback position next year. Lots to to, uh, break down here in this interview. You don't want to miss it. Coming up next on Just Pod Baby, brought to you by SportsNot.com. And welcome back to segment number two, Just Pod Baby. I am Evan Grote. Thank you all for tuning in once again. Please follow me on X at egroat 5 and make sure you are following and subscribing to the podcast. Please make sure you're doing that. Um, all right, let's get the second segment kicked off here. Before we do that, just a quick little update. I'm sure you heard by now, Friday is a big day. They are bringing in Ed Dodds to interview for the general manager position. If you recall, he interviewed for the job two years ago. All right, and he was he was one of the guys that I was kind of pulling for, banging the table for him. I wanted the ticket of Harbaugh and Dodds two years ago. That remains to be the case this year. We'll see. We'll uh, we'll find out who some of the other guys are. There's there's been about five or six names now that have been released as far as the names that the Raiders have requested to uh, interview. For the position, not much going on right now on the head coaching front, though. That's that's been pretty quiet. It seems like they are going to look to hire a general manager first, and then that general manager will have input uh, into the next head coach and, and who that might be. But uh, without any further ado, I want to um, go ahead now and play that audio that I, I told you about. Remember, this was a, a, a video interview that I did for Sports Knot. You can find it on the Sports Knot website, sportsknot.com, under the videos tab. If you'd like to see the video version of it, it's also on our YouTube page as well. Uh, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation with Vinny Bonsignor from the Las Vegas Review Journal. <laughs> 
and welcome to another Sports Night interview. I am Evan Grote, and this week we are joined by Las Vegas uh, Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor, who covers the Raiders for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, and we're happy to have Vinny here joining us. It's uh, shaping up to be another really busy and another really important offseason for the Raiders, as they are one of seven NFL teams right now who are looking to uh, fill their head coaching vacancy, as well as the general manager position uh, for the Raiders. So let's start right there with our conversation, Vinny. I want to start with the general manager job. There's been several reports out there that the Raiders have requested interviews with uh, many different front office members from around the league. Ed Dodds is one of them. Uh, Tom Telesco, formerly with the Chargers. Trey Brown with the Bengals. There's a, there's a couple of others as well. Um, what I'm interested to get some of your thoughts on is if Mark Davis should decide to hire the general manager first, which it looks like that's going to be the case, will that give us some insight on to, or into who uh, the next head coach could possibly be? Yeah, probably. Um, although I, I know, you know, uh, in, in the interview process with the general manager, I'm sure he's sharing um, his thoughts and the team uh, that are conducting the interview are, are, are sharing their thoughts. And, and also, I'm sure, uh, picking the brain of the general managers in terms of who they may uh, be interested in and the reasons why. Uh, so, you know, this first step is a, is a, is a you know, a, a way to gauge interest, way to gauge ideas, listen to other ideas, um, you know, get a sampling of what, of what the thought process might be out there from the various people uh, that, that are involved. But uh, I do think there's probably uh, some uh, connection um, in terms of who they hire as the general manager that might be a, 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 a telltale sign of, of who they may be leaning toward uh, as a head coach. Of course, always leaving open the possibility, the strong possibility that it's going to end up being Champ Kelly, the Champ uh, Kelly, uh, and, and Antonio Pierce at, at the end of the day as well. Absolutely, Champ Kelly, very much still uh, in the running there. Uh, let's let's move over to the head coach, and, and I'm just going to rip the bandaid off here with this one. There's there's been a lot of chatter recently about Jim Harbaugh and the possibility of him. Uh, leaving Michigan to come back to the NFL. We haven't heard much about that uh, since Monday when, when Michigan won the national championship. I do expect that conversation to, to heat up here again the next couple of days. Now the players, the Raiders players in the locker room has come out in full support of their interim head coach, Antonio Pierce, who did a very good job with the Raiders given the circumstances that he was put into. Uh, but it's also, at the same time, it's very difficult to ignore the track record of success that Jim Harbaugh has had at every stop along the way. So uh, what is what is your thoughts on, on Jim Harbaugh, the candidate for the Raiders job, if he decides to leave Michigan? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, if you're – listen, there's always going to be some risk, um, you know, involved when you make a, a, a head coaching hire. And I guess – I don't know if risk is the right word, but there's the possibility that it's not going to work out, right, for various reasons. And one of the things you try to do uh, when you make a hire is to eliminate as many of those concerns as possible and reduce the risk of it not working out as much as you possibly can, knowing full well there's still no guarantees. Um, but when you look at, at Jim Harbaugh's you know resume and his history and his track record and everything that he's um, – you know, been a part of, uh, this is a guy that's been a head coach continuously since, you know, what the mid two thousands or so, um, you know, uh, uh, 2008, 2009, going back to his days at, uh, at San Diego university, by the way, I keep hearing people talk about it's saying that he coached at San Diego state, two different schools. And I know the people in San Diego get uh, fired up when, uh, when, when we make that mistake. So, uh, San Diego university, then Stanford, 
then the 49ers, uh, and now Michigan for the last almost 10 years. So this is a guy that's been doing it at a high level continuously for quite some time, uh, been part of rebuilds, has hired staffs, has had the you know, has, has seen staff members leave for, for greener pastures or other jobs and had to replace them, um, had to do complete turnovers in, in, in rosters, especially when you're talking about uh, at Michigan, having coached there for, for you know, uh, almost a decade. So if you're, if you're thinking about a candidate that represents the fewest risks, the fewest concerns, um, I think Jim Harbaugh checks off pretty much all of those boxes and not to take anything away from Antonio Pierce, because I honestly do think the world of him, and I think there's a good chance he gets this job, but there are still some inherent, uh, you know, risks in, in, in hiring uh, uh, Antonio, given his lack of track record. This is somebody that's been coaching in the NFL for two years, uh, mostly as a linebacker coach. Prior to that, a couple of years at Arizona State, and prior to that, he was a, a, a coach in high school. Um, he's never had to put a staff together. He's never had to oversee a rebuild. He's never had to make hiring, um, you know, when, when people leave, filling those positions. He's never had to come up with a full training camp schedule. Uh, he's never had to express his philosophy on the strength and conditioning, the nutrition, um, the travel, all of the things that are associated with being a head coach would be completely new to him, as it would be for any assistant coach. Uh, that, that you would hire, um, you know, no matter what, what job you're talking about in terms of the head coaching jobs uh, that are out there. So, uh, again, when you look at Jim Harbaugh, all of those, he's already been there, done that, and proven it. Uh, so when you're, when you're thinking about mitigating concerns, um, he would be somebody that mitigates most of your concerns. Yeah, and I think that anyone who is looking at this objectively would, would have to agree with your points there. And I'm glad you brought up the word risk because I think – at this point, with the the misses that Mark Davis has had, uh, in, at least in his last two hires, he has to get this one right because this organization can't afford to uh, continue to have these types of losing seasons year after year after year. Um, and, and I think, moving on to a kind of a slightly different topic here, I think one of the interesting things, uh, this reminds me of what the Raiders just went through two years ago. Now, I, I just mentioned the, the support that uh, Antonio Pierce is getting from the locker room, Max Crosby and, and Devontae Adams have given really strong endorsements. It was the same situation two years ago when then interim head coach Rich Bisaccia uh, was in place and, and led the Raiders to the playoffs. He was getting very much, he was getting those same strong endorsements from, from players within the locker room. I'm, I'm wondering, do you think that that weighs on the mind of Mark Davis as he has to go through this very similar situation again just two years later? I mean, um, I don't know if it weighs on his mind. Uh, he's going to listen to them uh, and and give them a voice and honor that voice and respect that voice. Uh, but I don't think that um, you know he's going to. It's it's going to be the end all be all. Uh, you can't let the players make the decision. And and the reason is is because you know more than ever um, the NFL is now a transient uh, type of a type of a business. I mean. You know, if you're really being honest, uh, who are the two? Who are the who are the players on the roster that you're going to truly listen to? Uh, not to say that you're not going to close your you hang up the phone if 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 somebody else uh, you know uh, calls or if anybody on the team calls, you're going to give them that respect. But who do you truly you know listen to the most? And that would probably be Devonte Adams and Max Crosby, and um, you know uh, both players have their hearts in the right place, and both players 
um, are going to share their thoughts as, as honestly as they possibly can. But the fact of the matter is, even in both of their cases, um, there's no guarantee how much longer they're going to be with the Raiders. You know, contracts come up, uh, things happen, whatever the case might be. Uh, and that's true of the entire, you know, uh, r- roster. If you go back just a few years ago and think about how much this roster has changed just in what, like two years or so, it's pretty dramatic. So you have to also keep that in mind, that these players are going to change eventually and change over. There's going to be new players that have, you know, if Antonio Pierce is no longer the head coach, that ha- will have no recollection uh, of Antonio Pierce. So if you're Mark Davis uh, and you're and you're the Raiders, like any other organization, you'll listen to your players, but you have to make a decision that you feel is the best for the decision, not just for 2024 or 2025, but you're hoping that you're making a decision that might last for the next decade or so. And that really has to be, um, you know, uh, more at the forefront of, of what you're of what you're thinking uh, and what you're considering and what you're um, uh, putting into uh, the decision making process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you make of the news that we got on Wednesday that the Raiders have blocked uh, defensive coordinator Patrick Graham from interviewing with another NFL team that requested permission to do so? Um, I, you know, the fans out there are going to dissect and, and analyze every decision and move that is made in the next couple of weeks. Um, do you think that that move signals that maybe things are lining up for Antonio Pierce to be retained as the head coach? I think it, I think it lines up uh, to that remains a strong possibility. And if so, they would probably like to have Patrick Graham, or obviously they would like to have Patrick Graham remain as defensive coordinator. It could also uh, lead to um, that's somebody that they want to be here, regardless of who the head coach is, and at least present that opportunity uh, to whoever that next coach is. If it's not Antonio Pierce, and let's just say it's Jim Harbaugh, um, you as Mark Davis and as your organization say, hey, we really like what's going on, uh, on on defense. What do you think about um, you know Patrick Graham remaining as defensive coordinator? And at the very least, it gives the new head coach uh, a, a choice to make, but also you haven't lost <clears throat> Patrick Graham in the process. So it gives him a little bit of control over that end of it. Now, he may leave as a head coach uh, anyway, and that the, the point becomes moot for whoever the, the head coach is. But I don't know if it signals that for sure this is Antonio Pierce. It signals that they would like to have Patrick Graham be in the mix um, to, uh, for the for the new head coach, even if it is Antonio Pierce, to give strong consideration to. And at that point, it becomes the head coach's decision, unless there's an agreement that's made. If we hire you, you're keeping um, you know Patrick Graham. We've seen that before. Kellen, uh, I think Kellen Moore. Uh, the offensive coordinator with the Dallas Cowboys remained on after um, after you know the, uh, the the Cowboys brought in Mike McCarthy, and it was kind of a mandate. You know, it didn't last very long, so it tells you sometimes how that can how that can go. Uh, but I don't think it, it it signals anything for sure about um, uh, about Antonio Pierce. Yeah. Now, the last time uh, two years ago, when Mark Davis was looking to hire a, a head coach and a general manager. It was a very thorough process. It, it kind of dragged on. Uh, interviewed a lot of candidates for both positions. Um, what do you, What do you think we're looking at in in, in terms of a timeline? Uh, when do you expect a decision to be made, and, and how that process will work out here in the next couple of weeks? If we go uh, well, first of all, uh, per the guidelines, um, you know, through the NFL, uh, especially with the head coaching position, um, there's really uh, no chance to do in person interviews until after i think it's next week um or maybe even the week after uh so 
and and those those in-person interviews um you know are really important because by league rule you have to have in-person interviews not not virtual which they can which they can start doing now but those in-person interviews uh with at least two minority candidates um from outside of your building uh there's there's a timeline on that so because of that you know you can't just hire uh, somebody like right now uh, so therefore there is going to be a little bit of a process, which I think actually think is a healthy thing for a lot of reasons. And, and, and one for Mark Davis and, and the Raiders, um, you know, by proxy, by circumstance, uh, it, it allows them to kind of sit back and, and move away from just the emotion of the season that just concluded and, uh, and making a decision, maybe a rash decision or a rush decision, um, to bring somebody back or not, uh, based on just the results and where you are feeling right after the immediate uh, aftermath of the season, it kind of allows everybody to take a little bit of a deep breath, go through this process, and I think make a more informed decision and a less as as as, as a, uh, in contrast to a to a more emotional uh, decision. But if if based on recent history uh, and based on the guidelines, I would imagine that this probably gets wrapped up uh, somewhere. The last week of January, I would say. Okay, we're chatting with uh, Vinny Bonson, your Raiders beat writer for the Las Vegas Review Journal. I just got two more questions I want to ask you uh, related to the roster and some of the decisions that will have to be made uh, with that in the next couple of weeks and months. Um, Josh Jacobs, let's start with him. Played on the one-year deal this year. Had a kind of a disappointing end to his season as he did miss the last four games with a quad injury. Do you think it's possible Josh Jacobs played his last game for the Raiders? Yeah, I mean, you, I think you definitely have to, um, you know, uh, consider that possibility and, 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 you know, maybe less to do with Josh and more to do with Samir White did uh, in the four games that he uh, played in relief of, of Josh Jacobs, uh, just a shy under 400 yards. I think he finished with 395 or 397, somewhere around there. Uh, so almost 100 yards a game in the four games uh, that, that, uh, that he was his replacement. I thought got better um, the more he played. Uh, and let's be realistic about this. You know, Zamir White, I think, showed that he's got uh, RB1 capabilities, uh, provided he stay he stays healthy, but he definitely can produce. And you look at the contract, and I think he's scheduled to make about $1 million next year. Um, and you contrast that to the $11 million that, um, that Josh Jacobs played for. And if the Raiders were to go down uh, the, the, the uh, franchise tag route again, well, that's scheduled to be $11.3 million uh, next year. So you can start doing the math and start thinking about, all right, if the Raiders are comfortable with Zamir White replacing Josh as the running back uh, and, and letting Josh walk, now you have 11, now you have $10 million or so. You, you know, you take Zamir's $1 million contract and then also think about the $10 million that, that they're getting back to be able to now allot to another position. That becomes pretty appealing um, you know, especially, you know, how difficult it is to manage the money and manage the salary cap and, and, and have the money available to go build your, your team out. So that becomes a compelling reason um, for the Raiders to say, thank you, uh, Josh, uh, but we're moving on for, from you and go with the cheaper and maybe just as good an option in Zamir White. Yeah, and unfortunately for, for running backs, you know, in the NFL, that's just the nature of, of the business. And, and, yeah. and also playing that position, the teams are often looking to, as you said, save a little money and, and in this case get a little bit younger as well. Um, now, after the decisions that will be made on the head coach and the general manager, the next big question mark 
for the Raiders heading into the 2024 season is who's going to play quarterback. And that's, yeah. that's a very big question mark. Mm -hmm. The Raiders uh, pick 13th overall in, in round one of the draft. It's a very good draft class. If you need a quarterback, what do you think the plan will be at quarterback next year for the Raiders? Well, it's really interesting. And I, and I think the Chicago bears play into it one way or another, because one way or another, I think the Raiders are going to be picking up the phone um, and giving the bears a call, whether that's to trade for Jalen, or excuse me, um, uh, Justin Fields, if Justin Fields becomes available, or trading up to the number one pick if the Bears decide we're going to hold on to Justin Fields and now we've got this number one pick and now we're going to, um, you know, uh, put that up for sale and try to get a whole bunch of draft picks uh, compensation uh, to build around, you know, Justin Fields. So one way or another, I think there's going to be a conversation between the Bears and and and, and the Raiders. Uh, so. That's one, um, you know, uh, possibility. Maybe it's Justin Fields. Maybe it's the top pick uh, in the draft. Um, if for, for whatever reason, um, you know, that's not a possibility, or or becomes too prohibitive to make the uh, to make the trade up, or for Justin Fields, um, then there's there's also possibilities, um, you know, uh, below uh, the Chicago Bears. Um, you keep hearing, you know, things that maybe the Giants are going to stay with. Uh, Daniel Jones and and pass on a quarterback this year. Well, they're drafting in a position that that you know uh, would probably be in that range of one of the quarterbacks uh, that's coming out. Uh, Jaden Daniels, uh, Michael Penix, maybe um, somewhere, some uh, somebody like that. So I think there's going to be multiple ways uh, for the Raiders to 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 be aggressive and to bring in another quarterback, which I think is is essential. Um, you know, uh, I think Aiden O'Connell uh, is is a is a I think he's got uh, starting characteristics, uh, but I don't know if the if the uh, ceiling for him uh, is something that you want to wait around for because maybe the ceiling is just exactly kind of what we saw uh, this year—a guy that can win you a few games, but a guy that you know uh, may cost you a few games. There's just a lot of inconsistency. A lot of things have to go right for him to be good. Um, whereas there's other quarterbacks that, uh, including quarterbacks that are in this draft and maybe a Justin Fields that, you know, things don't necessarily have to be as perfect for them to be able to play really well and maybe help you lead, uh, help lead you to, to some wins. So I think it's a question that the Raiders are going to ask. And the final thing I'll add about that. So I think the Raiders are in a good position to be aggressive, even if the cost is pretty high and it will be. Uh, to move up, um, you know, to get one of the one of the top prospects in this draft, uh, you know, as opposed to just last year and the year before that, where you looked at the Raiders roster going into uh, any given offseason, and there were just so many holes, you know, it was like Swiss cheese on the defense. Well, they're going to need a couple of defensive linemen. They're going to need a couple of linebackers. They're going to need a couple of cornerbacks, safeties, offensive line, wide receivers, um, as opposed to now this year where, you look at that defense, and, and short of a couple of guys uh, on the interior of the defensive line, and uh, and Amik Robertson, um, guys who I think they were going to be able to bring bring back at at, uh, at nominal costs, the defense is pretty much intact, and you can make a case for bringing it back entirely, the same starting eleven next year, and being okay with that if you're a fan or if you're the Raiders, um, you know, and 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 the I, I know the offensive line is probably going to need some tinkering, but I think there's. There's ways and there's cash and there's cap space to be able to uh, address that maybe in free agency. So the, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that now more than at any time that I've covered this team, I think the Raiders can afford to give up some draft assets to move up and go get uh, the, their, their quarterback because I think the rest of the roster 
um, is, is pretty much in place and, and ready to go. Look, a- ask yourself this question. If, if, if C.J. Stroud were coming out this year and you had, as the Raiders, this roster, how good do you think C.J. Stroud and the Raiders would be next year with even a rookie C.J. Stroud on this team with Jacoby Myers and Michael Mayer and uh, Devontae Adams and Zamir White, the defense that, that, that you saw out there all year? It probably wouldn't look too bad. Uh, and it might have a chance to look pretty special. So I think because the roster is where it is right now, it's not perfect, but it's much more sound than it's been in the past. I think this is the time for the Raiders to, to do what it need, what they excuse me need to do uh, to, to go up and, and, and get their quarterback. Yeah, and I, and I think Raider fans would, would, would totally agree with you. They would love to see that happen and uh, finally get their franchise quarterback. And with all the... The, the high-end quarterbacks that are in the draft and all the quarterback-needy teams that are drafting you know, in the top 10 to 15, it should certainly make for a really exciting draft, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but yep. Vinny Bonsignor, everybody, of the Las Vegas Review-Journal, we thank you so much for the time, Vinny. Uh, you're doing a great job covering the team. We appreciate your insight, and, and keep up all your great work. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Evan. All right, there he goes, Vinny Bonsignor. I thought that was a great interview. I thought he gave us a lot of valuable information there, you know, and I think – because he's close to the team, you know, he's got a pretty good pulse on what was going here. Um, two things that I want to point out that stood out to me from the conversation. Number one, when he was talking about Jim Harbaugh, the candidate, he said it's about mitigating risk. He used the word risk. He said he feels that Jim Harbaugh is the candidate that represents the fewest risks. And that's really the point I've been making all along. And again, I know many of you out there disagree, and that's fine. But my argument has always been, as he pointed out so eloquently there, Harbaugh has been there, done that. He's put staffs together. He's gone through off seasons. He's gone through training camps. He he hasn't, there's no lapse in his coaching career. I know a lot of people like to point out, well, he hasn't been in the NFL in 10 years. Yeah, but he's still been coaching football. He's still been leading men. He's still been planning and preparing and doing all the same things that an NFL coach would be doing on a a daily basis, including recruiting. Okay. So that's really what it comes down to. And again, it's not, it's not that I don't like AP for those of you out there that think that because someone else, because certain people are promoting someone else for the job before Pierce, it's not a, it's not a knock on Pierce. It's just when I look at the total picture, when I look at it objectively, and I'm not basing this all off of emotion, and I'm taking my fan glasses off, when I look at the resumes and what each man brings to the table, to me, it's about Jim Harbaugh being the safer play because of the track record of success, because of the lack of track record with Antonio Pierce. So... I thought Vinny did a very good job there of kind of explaining that, and I and I do agree with him in what he had to say. And then the other big takeaway I thought from this conversation was when I asked him about what the plan would be at quarterback, and he he sounds he he says the Raiders he believes the Raiders roster is in a position right now where they can afford to be very very aggressive in the draft and go up and get their quarterback or go up and and maybe look to, or not go up, but make a call with the Bears. Maybe it's Justin Fields. I know a lot of people have been on that, right? So I thought that was exciting. And, and you know, when I 
sat there and I thought about it after the, the conversation with him. I thought it made a lot of sense. I think he's right. You know, what he had to say about the defense, you could bring a lot of those guys back. Uh, who knows who the coordinator would be, but uh, if you could get a lot of those players back, they, they've shown that they're capable. And, uh, you know, there still is a lot of talent on the offense right now with Myers and Michael Mayer and, uh, you know, Zamir White. And so, so you can, I do believe he made the good point about CJ Stroud. Imagine if the Raiders had been aggressive to go up and get Stroud. It's very possible. It's very possible that maybe McDaniels would still be the coach of the team. Who knows? Maybe he would have screwed it up, but, um, you know, what a difference a, a talented quarterback could make. So great conversation there. I hope you enjoyed it. But that is going to do it for the show this week. I do plan on getting another one out to you next week. We're going to we're gonna stay with the weekly schedule right now. Eventually, I will uh, take a couple weeks off here in the offseason once things start to settle. But right now, when we have all this, this news going on, hopefully we have some more news to talk about next week. Hopefully, we'll have a new head coach maybe to talk about next week or at least some interviews that we can kind of discuss to get a little bit clearer picture of who maybe some of the candidates are. Uh, but in the meantime, enjoy Super Wild Card Weekend. We've got what, two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then one on Monday. So enjoy it, guys. Uh, not many weeks left in the NFL season, and then we're going to have that big drought here. So try to enjoy it. Enjoy your weekends, guys. Until the next time, I'm Evan Grote. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>